Brian Geary, Communications Director at Pearson College, UWC. And I'm very happy to be here um, talking about uh, uh, the Kule International Foundation with very recently retired uh, faculty member Jeffrey Tindemois. We're here today in the Spiritual Centre on the Pearson campus and we're obviously very grateful to be here on the unceded and traditional territory of the Chiano First Nation. We're grateful for the stewardship that they've shown to this land over many years, and we intend to maintain that stewardship of the land and, and the waters here. Now, Jeffrey, welcome, and um, thank you for coming, making the trip out. Let's start on a little bit of familiar ground here um, for many people in our audience. You were a teacher at Pearson for uh, quite a number of years. How long did you teach, and what did you teach? And I mean, formally and informally. Oh. Thank you, Brian, for the warm welcome. I was privileged to teach at Pearson College for 27 rewarding years. I retired in August 2022. Subject-wise, I taught English A. All the teaching at Pearson College is IB-related, so English A, uh, literature, and later on language and literature. I was also the uh, supervisor for the set of taught classes and in that um, role I taught world literature. Mm -hmm. uh, informal education wise, I um, have been supervisor of service activities, more recently Kule as a class activity and the chosen house. But in other aspects, aspects of college life, I served as a, I'll just highlight a few. Please. I, I served as a, a house parent, previously known as a house fellow. I was also university's, university's counselor, dean of students. It's, a, it's, very, uh, it's very telling that you lived on campus as well. Um, that must have been a 24-7 job, as it often is. A pleasurable job most of the times, uh, <laughs> in the sense that you, I got to interact with the students on a, on a more informal level. Indeed, some of my closest friends today, not necessarily students that I taught in the class, but uh, students who used to visit us, us meaning myself and my family, uh, regularly, and that bond has remained unshaken. Oh, I'm very glad to hear that. What, what drew you to Pearson in the first place uh, all those years ago? Well, the United World College Movement, its mission and, and objectives really fascinated me, and they still do today. They still do so today. Perhaps what's, given all those years, I can't list all the things that stood out for me, but I will always cherish the robust discussions we had in class on literature, given the different diverse and really rich diversity of the students and their backgrounds. I will always remember some very key personnel moments as a faculty and some highly charged village gathering <laughs> discussions. Other moments include regional weeks, known as cultural sharing weeks these days, climaxing in the Saturday evening 
uh, cultural or regional show. There are many others, but those stand out most. I, I, I chuckle at the robust discussions, comment, village gatherings. I don't think that'll ever change here, and let's hope it never does change here. <laughs> now, that, 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 that's your role as a teacher at Pearson. Now, tell us a little bit more about yourself and your personal history. Lots of things and people have shaped who and what I am today. But for purposes of this interview, I will mention two. And they are interrelated, actually. The first one is the experience and the near-death experience I had at the hands of the uh, regime of the then dictator Idi Amin in my home country, Uganda. Mm -hmm. And the second one is the support I received as a forced immigrant uh, from the community known as Mkangu community in the central Kenya when they received me as a, as I said, as a forced immigrant. Those two are closely related, as I will explain later on. Mm -hmm. Well, that's, that's a, a very natural segue into talking about Kule. And Kule is K, spelled K-U-L-E. It stands for Kumbuka Universal Learning Experiences Foundation International. Now that's a foundation that you started, Jeffrey, I believe 23 years ago? Yes. Tell us, tell us a little bit more about that. What inspired you to, to start that? And I, you've almost given me the answer already, but <laughs> <laughs> maybe give us a little more detail. Kule is a, a humble organization that seeks to promote international understanding through experiential education. That's why, in fact, our motto is, is uh, learning beyond classrooms, beyond borders. Now, to do this, Kule enables volunteers, usually students and their adult supervisors, mm -hmm. from all over the world to partner with local communities in Kenya and soon Uganda uh, to tackle issues of uh, poverty, inadequate in education, health, and environmental stewardship. So in a way, you could say that we are trying to create or empower change makers. However, as people in my culture say, two hands wash each other. So this working together with the host community also has immense benefits for the students I take to those communities. No doubt. And, and the projects that are selected through Kule are, uh, am I correct in saying or thinking that they are community-generated? Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Kule does not choose the projects. It is the villagers themselves through their committee and the chairman of that committee that decide the pri on the priorities and they just communicate to me and if we are able to support them, we support them by working with them on those projects. I would imagine it's fair to say that every project has been fairly precious to you and to the volunteers, but are there any that stood out for you? Or maybe you can just, if you don't want to single them out, maybe you could just provide us with a couple of examples of the kinds of contributions you make to, to the villages. Yes, there are several. 
One of the most outstanding ones is the library project. We built a, li a large library in that village called Mokangu. It was the first of its kind in the whole district. More than that, it has raised the quality of education in that village. Indeed, Mokangu Secondary School, the beneficiary of, of that library project, mm -hmm. has become so popular that the student enrollment has risen from about 300 to 640 uh, students today. As a result of that, schools send teachers to understand the magic that Mukangu Secondary School is performing through education. The result of the raised quality of education has been to see students, a lot more students go to university, uh, local university, local and then, yeah, national universities. When we started and before the library, they used to send about five students. That school we used to send about five students. Today, at least last year, they sent 55 oh. students. So that's one of the, you know, one of the most striking uh, projects. Another one that comes to mind is the orphanage that we, we meaning Kule, rehabilitated together with, you know, with the support of the community to the extent that we were able to make life meaningful for the children. Mm -hmm. For five years we, ran, we gave them a, a chicken project. They were able to eat eggs for the first time <laughs> and, and meat. Uh, we bought them uh, two milk cows. They still now they they have bull cows, obviously. And uh, we built them a large water tank to to solve the water shortage uh, problem they were facing. A different standout project is the building of permanent houses for destitute families. So each year, for about 10 years, we were able to build six permanent houses. And the sheer joy of the beneficiary in each of those homes is just indescribable. I think I will just mention those three. Uh, well, those are all meaningful and measurable, as is common these days, um, impact projects. So again, every project must be extremely gratifying in that respect. Speaking of that, I, I was looking at the Kool-Aid Foundation website, and that's kooleyfoundation.com, if anyone is interested in going there. And there, there's at least one story written by a young person who talked about the impact that being part of the Kool-Aid project had on her life. But what else do people tell you, students and adult volunteers alike? about the impact that uh, going on a Kool-Aid project has had on their respective lives? You know, I think to f fully understand this impact, I just want to take a step back and maybe tell you what it is that inspired to do Kool-Aid, mm -hmm. to start to create Kool-Aid, and then I, I hope Please remind me if I forget. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> I, I, I hope I, I can tie it to the impact. So, 
I said earlier that I created Kuletu in response to the support given to me by a village community called Mukangu in central Kenya. That's how I started. But within a very short time, if after, after one year, the UWC philosophy of promoting world peace through education and the IB, a program that seeks to promote international mindedness, mm -hmm. both easily made me focus much more on the ideal of service programs like Kule, the ideal of experiential learning through Kule. And so today, I emphasize those factors more than just giving back. Of course, interestingly, I thought I would give back for two years, <laughs> but the two years have are still two years today. It's considered a lifetime project. <laughs> Completely. <laughs> and so, if, for example, even when we look at, um, if we record the words of Lester B. Pearson College, if you are going to provide international mindedness, if you are going to create peace through education, then you really have to work and understand the people you are, you are supporting. So to quote him, I, uh, him meaning Pearson, he asked a rhetorical question. How can there be peace without people understanding each other? And how can this be if they don't know each other? So back to the immediate question of the impact on the students. Kule is intentionally educational. Mm -hmm. Uh, that's why I talked of it as uh, providing experiential learning. One of the ways in which this intentionality is shown is by having every day, by having reflection meetings after dinner. That's at the heart. Those meetings are at the heart of Kule. And it is those meetings that enable me and other participants to gauge the impact that Kule is having on the student participant. Those, those uh, meetings are usually student-run and people really take them seriously. Some alumni have said that those meetings have been the most memorable experience in Kule. So during those meetings then I'm able to monitor the impact that Kule is having on them. But at the end of the program also, students are asked to complete questionnaires anonymously, individually and anonymously. So again, I'm able to tell whether or not Kule has achieved the purpose for which it was started. Students have also told me, either individually or in the groups, how life-changing Kule has been mm -hmm. for them. Uh, some have even written publicly uh, in the media, newspapers, uh, on social media like Facebook. They've written about their personal experiences. So I do know that Kule is having a positive impact uh, on the life of many people. Of course, I can't say everybody, but at least the feedback I get has been very encouraging and heartwarming.
You know, I, I think we have to book an interview podcast with one of the students who's on one of your projects this, this summer when they're back in the fall. Yes, yes. Definitely. I think I encourage you to do that. <laughs> we absolutely will. Um, it, it's interesting, though, the way you describe it, it what, what was initially a, a means of expressing gratitude for your personal circumstance became something much broader and much more not only UWC mission aligned, but something bigger. Yes. So I didn't think of this question exactly before, but, but what can you say about the impact that um, the projects have had on the people in, village, in the villages in which they take place? But what's your experience? A profound impact. I, that's how I can describe it. In very many different ways. To be very honest with you, when we started, one of the challenges I faced was bringing down some cultural barriers. I haven't succeeded fully today, but now they are less formidable than they were. And there are barriers also rooted in the colonial legacy that we still live in, in many developing countries. So even perspectives, of the community to foreigners have changed quite dramatically. I think the, there is a closer shared humanity they feel between the, the local people and the foreign students I take there than there was before we started. That's a definite bonus if you want. <laughs> but the community has also I think being educated in different ways. As one of my former students once said, we take the world to that community. We take the world to those people who otherwise would never have known about the worlds to which the students belong. And so in terms of education, so in, in terms of cultural barriers, I think the, as I said, the We've minimized some of them at least. But in terms of enlightenment, I think people now know more about those foreign countries than before. And one of the things I always do when we visit schools is to get the college students to introduce themselves. And then after that, I ask the students, the, Kule, uh, the, the local schools, I ask them to tell me what they know or knew about the country <laughs> that has just been mentioned. It's quite some experience. Uh, some students will mention the soccer. Soccer, of course. <laughs> I, if somebody is coming from, let's say, uh, the UK, others will mention pizza. If somebody is coming from uh, from Italy, so is the that kind of broadening of their knowledge, I think, is also been quite rewarding. But that, that's a really important point to make, that the students who volunteer for Kulé programs literally come from all around the world. Not strictly Canada, not strictly North America, but from, as you say, bringing the world to, to the villages. Now, I, I think I'm correct in saying most of the students who have taken part in Kulé projects have been from Pearson but they're not exclusively from Pearson. So tell me about the involvement of other students and other schools. You are very right. The, uh, 
Kule program is open to schools all over the world. And uh, for the last 15 years, we partnered, we've been partners with the, the International School of Geneva. Mm -hmm. So in fact, each year, they send more students than Pearson College does. Mm -hmm. But other uh, schools represented in previous years, and this year actually, include several UWCs. The UWC in Wales, Hong Kong, uh, Italy, the US, Costa Rica, and of course Pearson College. You know, mm. that's so. But Kule is not a UWC organization. Right. Let's make that very clear. <laughs> so but, other schools. But Kule has created a bit of an organization that actually brings students from different UWCs and other schools together in a shared project. I, I, indeed, I mean, Pearson College will always remain, not just because I was a teacher, but because it was uh, the birthplace of Kule. The college will always remain very dear to me. But there have been other schools that have participated and continue, continue to do so. From BC, uh, where we once had a student from Belmont School, we, for several years, we worked very closely in partnerships with the Marlborough School in North Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Outside of Canada, we've had the International School of Atlanta in Georgia, USA. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had Wesley College from Melbourne in Australia. We have had Greengate School IB school in Mexico City and then we have also sorry we also have had students from the home uh, UWC in Hong Kong mm -hmm. and so everyone is welcome as long as they subscribe to what we are trying to achieve can you tell us a little bit more about the projects and you can maybe maybe also give us an idea of uh, what seemed to be an exciting renewal of, uh, of projects in Uganda Starting with Kenya, the main project will be to complete, that is if we have the funds, as we, we depend on the kindness of foreigners, of strangers, as, a, as someone once said in a play called A Street Car Named Desire by Tennessee Williams. I've spoken like a literacy teacher, <laughs> or a literature teacher. <laughs> but the main focus in Kenya will be to complete phase one of the primary school um, building project. And we will uh, supplement that with the continued work in uh, two orphanages. The orphanage we rehabilitated is called Coimbi Children's Home, mm -hmm. but there is also another one called uh, a children's center called Rocco 20. We adopted it about three, four years ago. Mm -hmm. And what we do there, usually apart from donating food and clothing, is to give them some basic computer training, especially Rocco 20. So that will, then of course we'll have also the intercultural exchange visits to a few select schools. So those three will be the key things in Kenya. For Uganda, it's a very exciting, at least 
judging from the feedback I'm getting from interested uh, people, is to empower slum women uh, in a place called Bwaise uh, in Kampala, so in the outskirts mm -hmm. of Kampala. To These are women who have really been at the, the lower ends of society's kindness. And so we intend to give them vocational training so that they can be on the, find their own feet and be self-supporting. And so vocational training will involve computer skills, including coding, tailoring, courses in tailoring, courses in basket weaving, courses in uh, liquid soap making. And the idea here is that they will be trained for six months, after which the local organization we are partnering with will find them jobs uh, in the, the mainstream society. Right. right. Alternatively, some of them can start their own business, like tailoring, for instance, and make a living for themselves. But a new addition to that project, project program, which is also a new addition to Kule, uh, Kule's activities, is actually to uh, foster sustainability. And so preserving the environment, purifying, you know, doing a lot of cleanup, making the world we live in better than how we found it. Uh, so I can see why the Uganda projects are very exciting. Uganda has been in the news recently for not not great reasons, and I can I can imagine you're going to make a positive impact. Yeah, and we need that piece of good news. Yes, we need a brighter sunshine than is current. Mm -hmm. When do the projects begin this summer, and how long do they last? For the Kenya program, usually it's the month of July. Most students do two weeks, but Pearson College students and any other interested UWC student will do three weeks as usual. The third week is spent in the homestead of the uh, chairman. Those villagers, uh, that village committee that decides on which projects we, we do. And some students have always said that that's the most meaningful, most memorable experience uh, they've had in Kule as UWC students. And so it's very special and it's become very special to uh, the chairman and his community because the students get a little more taste of the village life and activities than uh, the other two week uh, program students. I, I was going to say, yeah, I can see why that would be more powerful for the student volunteers mm -hmm. um, to actually get that, underst that deeper understanding, I guess, of the culture and village life. Now, you, you mentioned earlier something about, um, you know, existing with the, uh, the support of, um, of friends and all of that. Uh, so, if people want to find out more, if they'd like to contribute to the Kule Foundation, how can they do that? They can either go uh, donate online, they can go to the website uh, kulefoundation.com and they can also contact me directly at um, uh, director at kulefoundation.org 
or they can make direct deposits in the Kule uh, Bank, TD Bank in West Shore Mall. Mm -hmm. in, in the Victoria area. In yeah. Victoria area, that is. Or they can contact uh, Paul Faber, my successor at Pearson College, as a faculty uh, supervisor of Kule. Yeah, and we can post a few um, email addresses as well in conjunction with this podcast. Absolutely. Too. Thank you very much for your time. Best wishes for the Summers Projects. Thank you very much indeed, Brian. It's been You're a welcome. pleasure. If you would like to learn more about what we do at Pearson, visit our website at www.pearsoncollege.ca. You can also subscribe to Pearson E-News and keep an eye on our social media pages for the latest updates.